What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode eight of the podcast. In today's episode, we chat with Alex, aka the wizard and founder of Children of Yukio. Alex is an accomplished entrepreneur from the Web2 world and brings his talents and experience into Web3. We talk about being gamers past their prime, entrepreneurship, the current meta and NFT funding, and where it might head in the future. It's very evident from the start of our conversation that Alex is trying to build COU the right way, brick by brick, without any gimmicky shortcuts. Sit back and enjoy as we continue to build the bridge between Web2 and Web3 by learning more about the people behind the pixels. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Now let's jump right into it. Alex, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We're excited to have you. Uh, Tina is someone that I've been close with for now almost the full year, and she was very excited about making this introduction. So appreciate you making time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for for the invite. Um, I'm glad that Tina thought about myself uh, and always happy to connect with other folks in the space. Yeah, she's great. And you guys got a really good one in her on the team. So, uh, you know, we're jealous over the deer pack, but I think there's a lot of crossover between our communities. Um, all right. The first question I got for you, it's the easiest one in the book. Are you a dog's person, a cat's person, or some other type of pet? Or maybe you're not a pet person at all. Uh, I I mean, I, I'm not that much of a pet person, but uh, I've only had cats in my life. Um, wife is allergic, so we can't really have animals at home. So I'm going to go uh, with a pretty boring answer. I've never, not really, uh, I guess I'm, um, my favorite animal is uh, the sloth. So uh, that's, sloth. Uh, it's a bit harder <laughs> to have one at home. Yeah, well, sloth sounds like a unique answer and I love it. I love it. You got to gotta respect an animal that moves that slow and has survived as long as it has. <laughs> um let, let me go to one of our other big ones that we ask a lot in our community, which is uh, if you had to pick a last meal or a favorite meal, go-to meal, what would that be? I probably would be ramen. Yeah, traditional uh, shoyu or, you know, just a traditional ramen. Uh, I, I'd be pretty happy. I'm not a com- complicated person, so I uh, find joys in the simple things. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you can't go around with a bowl of ramen. Even the instant stuff isn't that bad. <laughs> um, where, are you, where are you based? Uh, I'm from uh, Montreal, Canada, so uh, in North America. So I'm a French-Canadian, if the accent gave, gave it away. Um, but uh, I, move, uh, I move around quite a bit. My, my wife uh, is uh, Asian in French, so we uh, usually live a few months in Europe. Uh, per year and traveled a bit in Asia and uh, coming back to America for the children's school and and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm uh, from Canada. All right, all right, and then one more fun one, and then we'll jump into some of the more uh, interesting topics. If you had to pick one superpower, what would it be? Uh, one superpower. Hmm. Uh, I go with um, you know perfect memory maybe. 
some so you for you don't you never forget anything so anything that you see or read or uh you know learn you never forget i i probably go with something like that it's like the perfect form of human ai yeah exactly <laughs> cool i like it not nothing nothing too harmful just just for your own benefit i, I like it uh, you can't get you can't get in too much trouble if you just memorize everything well maybe you can who knows um well, Alex, thanks for kind of doing those icebreakers with me. It's always fun to kind of hear the answers of the of the guests. So um, I don't know if you've heard a few of the episodes or not, but basically the big reason why we started this podcast was uh, we felt as though that Web3 was a very um, fast-moving space with a lot of cool characters and people and, and backgrounds and, and personalities, but oftentimes those things kind of get lost behind the the pixels or the art or whatever the case may be. And, you know, we understand that a lot of the people come to this space for that, but we also felt as though um, we could still do more to shine the light on the people, you know, behind the avatars and so people behind the pixels. And so I'd love to just start with um, hearing more about you individually and how you got started in, in, in this space and, you know, before you got into Web3 at all. Yeah, sure. Um, try to keep it relatively short. So um, I, I have a tech background and a business background. So I studied uh, engineering, computer science, uh, and uh, did a few years uh, in, in business as well. And uh, I come from a startup background. So I've been launching, uh, scaling, and uh, investing in startup for the past 12 years. I uh, started pretty small. Uh, first business was a photography business. Then I moved uh, on to web agency. Then I started developing softwares, uh, sold that. Then I got into fashion e-commerce, which was my first uh, big um, break uh, and exit. So we built quite a quite a big company in Canada there. Uh, and then I started to rotate back most of what I made there in other smaller startups in, in, in the space here in Montreal. Um, got involved in the startups in the event space, uh, B2B service SaaS, um, and a few other things, uh, online art marketplace. And I en ended up last uh, early 2021, I believe I really got into uh, crypto a little bit more seriously. Uh, I got exposed to everything that was going on at the time, the early NFT market, uh, you know, as the hype was slowly building up, I, I saw it, it sort of came to me that it was maybe an opportunity for me to blend all the things that I had done for the past 10 years. So everything business related, startup related, which was, you know, I'm it's my skill set and certainly my passion. Um, so I saw the opportunity to blend that with the creative side of my of, of myself that I that was sleeping for since the photography business, let's say, so 10, 12 years ago, uh, I saw that uh, people were launching communities and project in the NFT space, and it was sort of a merge between you know building tight bonds, communities, uh, a lot of creativity, uh, lore, storytelling, and there's also the business side behind that, <laughs> not for all the projects. Uh, but but for myself, you know, I, I approach everything that we're doing right now as a business. Uh, so trying to, to change something that's sustainable. And um, 
So yes, that's uh, a little bit the background professionally. Other than that, I'm a dad of two daughters. I have a one-year-old and seven-year-old daughter, Arya and Hannah. I'm a big fan of anime. Uh, I've seen hundreds of shows. Uh, also a big fan of uh, everything Tolkien, um, Lord of the Ring, and uh, fiction work in, in that uh, that line. And a uh, big gamer as well. Around the thousand days played a World of Warcraft in my younger in my younger time so so yeah NFT space seemed like kind of a you know the perfect place to to blend all these things and um, you know build build something that that could be great uh, become better bigger than myself uh, but at the same time fun so here I am I love it. You said a lot of things that resonate with me. Um, I also come from a traditional business background, uh, do work in the venture capital space now, have done my own startup. And so, yeah, you know, as you described your journey, I think I'm just a few years behind you in a lot of ways, uh, but uh, also have many, many hours logged on World of Warcraft. Yeah. Not so many recently, but definitely in my younger younger years. Um, so it's very cool to hear that you share a lot of similarities to, to my journey. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting. You said something that really resonated with me, which is when you said, um, treating your, your, I hate calling it projects and I wish they never started calling them projects Yeah. because I feel like it's irresponsible to call something that has so much money on the line, a project. But the fact that you consider children of Yukio to be a business is really refreshing to hear because I think oftentimes people that start these NFT uh, quote unquote projects or brands or whatever, just kind of use that as an easy out to say like, this was never a company. This was just a, a flash in the pan and we're moving on with our thing. So it's really refreshing to hear someone that has a business background that, that shares that responsibility as they try to build something that's sustainable. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's probably one of the you know biggest fail of the the first iteration of the nft space uh, i feel like right now in the bear market it's getting a bit better uh but definitely like in the bull in the bull mark in the bull run you know th this was often seen uh with most projects you know just doing something just to make quick money just drop a collection and, and this isn't really not the way I, I approached that um you know everything that we're building like for me the nft part is a component so it's a it's a means to an end it's to onboard people give them you know the ability to own ip on their character and become a part of that the creative franchise that we're building but definitely yeah i think we have some <laughs> some uh ways to go before it becomes you know a little bit more like that um throughout the space but um I, I I'm hopeful that that we're gonna get there at some point because so many people is you know sort of suffered the consequences of these founders just launching uh, some side projects some uh, you know not really getting committed but yeah 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 I mean in the in the heyday the peak of the 2021 NFT bull market you would have you would have thrown up in your mouth knowing how many of those projects that spun up were the same four or five people commissioning the same artists, create the same generic art to then just do a cash grab and then, yeah. you know, let the, let the project fizzle out under the guise of anonymity. Uh, and so 
I, I, don't I even love the cool. idea. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not that hard to find, but yeah, yeah it's best to probably leave that the ignorance is bliss kind of aspect. No. But what I will say is this this opportunity to highlight the builders that are still building today is is important, right? Because um, the work that you're doing, the work that some of the other brands that we've had on here um, talk is important because, you know, when there's a mass hysteria and there's a bubble, there's a calling of the herd, whatever you want to call it, it's healthy for the ecosystem because what we'll end up seeing is um, the companies and the brands that stay and, and remain and continue to build are going to be the foundational layer for the next bull market, the next run. So I think the work that you guys are doing at COU, the work we're doing at Deer Pack, the work that Pudge, uh, Pudgy Penguins is doing, Cozy Penguins, et cetera, et cetera, you name it. Um, those, those handful of brands that continue to build with their heads down are the ones that are going to be the foundational layer for the next market run, whenever that is. So kudos to you all for just putting your head down, tuning out the noise and, and continuing to build. Um, when you aren't, Working on Children of Yukio, it sounds like your hands are full with kids, but what other hobbies are you currently doing today? Uh, I mean, I, I'm i going to go with uh, reading a little bit, but uh, I'm not going to lie, like these, these times are pretty rare. So basically, I put all my available time in children Ukyo because we're a small team i really want to make the best of it it's like a lot of the work that i'm doing is doesn't really necessarily feel like work so it's it's not all that bad you know, i traded some of my gaming hours and you know binge drinking series uh <laughs> for uh you know work on on the project uh, other than that i play play with my daughters and um yeah i, I guess it, it's mostly that uh it's come to that you'll maybe see um, you know, live that one day, but uh, two children takes a lot of time, uh, a lot of energy, uh, and um, yeah, it, it sort of you know eat at most of your personal time for uh, when they're young. So it, it's not it's not all that bad, but sadly, uh, I can't uh, really uh, play video games anymore. I I do game a little bit at Valorant, a bit of League of Legends when I have you know an extra hour here and there but it's it's pretty rare you still have uh the reaction time to keep up with the young ones no no i'm i'm getting i'm getting wrecked uh, most in most games <laughs> like i used to be good at these games but uh i guess in the past two three years you know i really uh you know sort of fell <laughs> fell down the ladder uh, yeah. You know what I've ended up doing? Uh, I used to play first-person shooters competitively when gaming had no financial uh, opportunities. However, uh, I still enjoy those things. So what I end up doing now is I play more support roles, and uh, I try to be more of the wily veteran, playing angles and, you know, I guess playing less aggressive to try to keep up. But you're right. It's it's too hard. Uh, the the up-and-comers are just too fast and too good. Yeah, it's definitely more, more my vibe as well. I'm mostly the support player in any game that I play now. Yeah, when I I played Battlefield a few years back, and I was like, I'm not good enough to be on the front lines. I'm just a medic now. I just, you know, I'll revive people that died. <laughs> um, I, so, in terms of family being a pretty big important part of your of your day to day, do does the seven year old give you any? Um, 
uh, feedback in terms of the creative design and the artwork or anything like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little. She helped uh, with a few of the traits. She sometimes sit uh, beside me and uh, draw some stuff to, for fun and comments. It's funny because every time she she sees uh, a COU somewhere, she's gonna come by and, and tell me things that she changed, and it, it doesn't always make sense. And she doesn't really understand that you know the project is launched. You know we can't necessarily change it, so I just start taking notes and we started we started doing some edits. Um, but she she did give um, a bit of feedback, especially uh, since we have uh, some side projects and um, initiatives to expand the, the creative universe that we've built uh, for younger audience. So like the chibi versions of the COUs that we have and things that are a bit more kid friendly. So I often show her show her that uh, to get a bit of uh, you know feedback, mostly based on her reaction. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun. She she's she likes it. Um, her, her dad uh, draw a picture, draws picture. Uh, that's what uh, she thinks I'm doing all day, just like looking at pictures and drawing stuff. It's funny, yeah. You know, it's really cool though because I think about when I was growing up and the work that my dad did. I love him to death, but you know, he was doing hard manual labor job, blue collar work, and it's it's fun to think that kids can watch their parents now making a living. Uh, building companies that are creating just art and content. And I know that's been done already, traditionally speaking, but it's a, it's different with this NFT Web3 game. So I think that's that's, that's exciting and, and cool to think about. One question I do have is I want to give you an opportunity to talk more about the, the brand that you're building. And so just kind of free reign to explain how you came up with the idea you know, built a team and, and what the mission and the vision is. Obviously, people can go to the website and read about it, but it's easier and better, I think, to hear straight from the, the founder's mouth. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I came with the idea. So it, a lot of what we're building right now is a mix of things that have been, you know, uh, in my head for, for quite some years. But it sort of take, took form uh, around the NFT component uh, in late 2021 so i started working in november uh very concretely on a project and i jumped full-time in january last year uh so it's gonna we're coming up on a full year uh, soon and and uh so yeah so the lore is basically just myself you know uh i sat down i read back things that i had written over the years i you know extracted a lot of things from all the the favorite shows uh that i had the favorite books um the stories that i liked and i sort of crafted very high level um stories that we could build around and the the children of akio project is is uh it's it's more than that but at at its core it's a lore-driven uh multicultural anime inspired project um that we're aiming to to create this creative franchise, but uh, in a collective way with our our holders. Uh, so it's very important for me. Like there's a lot of projects out there right now that are building uh, around storytelling, around IP, but they're doing it like in a very centralized way. So they have like the core team and one artist or two that are working, and uh, they are you know dropping content uh, like a web two brand or franchise would would do uh 
like uh, with with COU, I'm really trying to sort of break that. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, like everything that Evry and Azuki and all the, the the big projects are doing, it's it's amazing and it's great. But uh, to an extent, like the community is involved in the community, but it's not necessarily not necessarily involved in the story. So we're trying to push the boundaries of this collective IP uh, and brand development. And we're doing that in a few ways. So a lot of it right now is a true interactive scenario, um, engaging more than one artist in the subsequent phase of the project. So we're working with four or five artists at the moment from the community. Uh, we've launched uh, a lore council to have members work on the, the lore. And uh, we're working on a, a, a platform for holders or a tech platform for developing it in-house. Uh, that's going to be uh, sort of a central hub for the interactive lore development. So there's going to be choices the different holders will make that will impact the story um, as we move forward. And yeah, so that's the, the dream is that uh, in a few years, we're able to have this, uh, this very wide uh, creative universe uh, that's going to be expanded in more than one medium. So more than just uh, the NFT, the web comics that we're working on, the small books that we're working on, but that could be, that could span to animation, games, and a lot of different um, formats. And, but to have that, you know, sort of come together uh, while involving as many members of the community as possible. So it's, it's a challenge because, you know, it needs to stay consistent. Uh, needs to uh, be appealing and uh, everything, but uh, that's what we're trying to tackle. And uh, yeah, I guess that that would be sort of a an overview of the project. And maybe the last thing I can say is that we were doing quite a few things, especially since the market sort of collapsed and that we needed to shift to Freemint budget. Um, a lot of the things that we're doing right now is to try and book people from outside the space. So I, I stopped talking about NFT in my pitch. Uh, for I'm selling uh, characters to be part of the story, and we're building uh, things that will appeal to folks outside the art community and the NFT space. Hopefully, to bring more people into the global space. But that's uh, the angle that we're currently working on to to grow and generate revenue. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, I appreciate the the in depth um, commentary on on what you're doing and the vision and the mission. Uh, you know, you, you had mentioned that you had a pivot to a freement, and I think it's so fascinating seeing what's happening in the ecosystem with this push from the community for uh, no royalties, right? And it, you know, it's 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 fascinating to me to think that people sit behind their keyboards as people that buy something and then sit and do nothing for two, three, four, five months. And then it accrues value because the team continues to create value and then they sell for a profit and they're upset that that team takes a small cut to sustain themselves and continue to grow and develop the brand to, in theory, continue to build more, uh, more brand value. Uh, it, it really is mind boggling. And I understand that, this this community and this ecosystem still evolving so 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 quickly but it, when i look at a when i look at a, a brand like yours that went to a free mint and then to hear the people in the crowd say we need to get rid of royalties it's like well then how do you expect 
uh, CLU to continue to develop and create and maintain if if you want to take away their their lifeline. You know, I talk about this all the time in the Deer Pack team Discord about like just it makes no sense. You you want to smother the the form of the the source of oxygen for the fire. <laughs> and and you know more power to you for continuing to build and grow and invest your time and your team's time uh you know with the market conditions the way they are uh, i think it's a it's challenging but i think like you said um having that long-term vision makes it so you don't trip over short-term um pitfalls yeah it's definitely it's definitely a challenge i don't exactly know how it, how it will turn out but uh, in our case i mean Especially since the we had a pretty rocky launch, that uh, we had some issues and we lucky we survived and we are now, you know, back to where we needed to be. But it it, it sort of hurt the momentum of the launch, which is where you normally make most of the royalties and build a small war chest. We didn't necessarily add that in our case. Uh, and after that, you know, the market sort of just collapsed even more than it was than it had, and the volume dried very quickly like market-wide so i <clears throat> shifted the the whole business plan and sort of assumed that in the short term we would need to finance ourselves uh in other ways uh not necessarily count uh on these royalties especially as uh as you mentioned like there's this uh, sort of desire to shift towards like zero royalties for us it, it would be uh a hard blow I understand why some people, you know, want that because there's there's been too many rugs, there's been too many projects that you know didn't use that money to to keep building. Uh, but and on the other side, there's also the fact that a lot, a lot, if not the majority of the people in the space are there to flip and make some quick bucks, so they don't necessarily care all that much about the projects they're in. Like I'm lucky to have a, a smaller community, very and a lot of committed members and, and a core team that is is there for the mini as well but is also there for what we're building um so i don't necessarily think that this is something that they they would want uh they're very supportive but then it's going to need an adjustment from the project uh to find other ways to generate revenue if if it's going that way especially for a project like us um yeah where we don't have the millions other projects um had the chance to get during the bull and uh, with the paid mint the, and all of these things. Uh, but we're getting creative. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for every reaction or every action is a reaction, right? So let's, let's fast forward this and say that royalties do go out the window. Well then brands and companies, cause these are companies are going to need to find sponsorships or they're need, they're going to need to do, things like raise rounds of investment from outside investors and you know these are these are the outcomes of not of finding ways to provide liquidity and and money to grow and scale and build and so it's funny because you know they think that this is going to solve all the problems well now all of a sudden there's a world where uh, a project brand needs to go and raise money from a venture capitalist to continue to develop and now all of a sudden it's not owned by the community anymore because there's there's equity investors not saying that's the route that companies are going to take but it, it is an option that might need to be pursued or partnering with logos that the communities don't want them to partner with because they're going to provide the money to continue to build and so it's fascinating i'm interested to see how it all plays out but uh you know i think similar to your story 
the deer pack started out as a 3,333 mint project and we went down to an 888. And then even from there, um, mint price, we wanted to still keep it affordable. So like you said, the war chest opportunity for us was very, very small and, and tight. And I know that Peachy and Lebowski have done a lot to bootstrap this this brand that most people don't even know about. And so uh, I'm sure you're in a very similar position uh, with what you're doing. So, uh, you know, kudos to you. Yeah, we, we, it's a good, it's funding that you, you brought that up. So we were already sort of, uh, I'm lucky to have a, an extensive background in the startup space. So I was able to get some private investment, but from people from my network and angel investors that are aligned uh, with the vision that I'm building. So I still retain, you know, the full ownership of the project uh, and have the ability to leave it in the hands of the community. But we're already seeing like this uh, VC meta, like there's a lot of the upcoming projects in the next wave that uh, you know are heavily uh, backed by 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 venture capitalists and i don't i don't necessarily think the people in the space are aware of the sort of uh, consequences of that uh, right right i i wanted to avoid that like at all costs like when i came into the nft space i thought it was beautiful i was tired of you know doing fundraising uh leaving the, the business for months to grind and do meetings and raise you know rounds after rounds and having a gun to your head to provide like very quick uh you know ROI for for the investor, so I I did that for for quite some years, and I sort of wanted to find another way, and I thought it was very interesting, uh, like this uh, shift in Web three that you know the community owned the project, and that you sort of finance it through either what you're doing or the the mint and these these kind of things, um, but. With the market condition, like a lot of projects are going to get forced into going back to more traditional model, and we're like we're not an we're no exception. Or like right now, I'm going to postpone it like as much as I can. But if it comes to to that, I, I will probably have to do to do it, um, especially if there's no more ro royalties. Yeah, you know, for a very similar reason, I fell in love with the Web3 space because of how much it gave back the power to the people uh, in terms of funding things that you want to support and making many hands make light work of the the sustainability part or the the, the early early funding part of the paradigm. And I think we've, we've kind of come full circle, like you said, to now <laughs> what's, what we're staring down the, the barrel of is going back to the traditional model of loans or investment uh, from people with deeper pockets to keep the lights on. And who knows if it actually plays out that way. But I think the, the thing that I have as a takeaway is like, be careful what you wish for uh, from a community perspective, because uh, what you're trying to avoid might end up happening all over again in terms of a few people owning a big chunk of whatever it is that uh, someone is building. So, you know, it's, it's fascinating, um, but I do like um, seeing that there's still people that are still building in spite of it. Uh, Deer Pack and, and your CLU and, and put, uh, Cozy Penguins and some others that I've talked to, we've all been born in the bear market. You know, the best analogy that I have, and who knows if it plays out is, you look at the Ubers, the Airbnbs, the Lyfts, uh, the slacks, they were all born in the pre prior bear market in 2008 to 2012. So uh, that's kind of 
my thing is just like silently building until you have something that can't be silent any longer. So um, I did want to ask um, if there's like any one group that you'd want to collaborate with, uh, with COU or any one person that you'd want to partner with, who would it be? Do you mean in the, in the NFT space or just in general? Yeah, I guess NFT space, but in general too, if you've got a better answer there or uh, something you've been thinking about. <laughs> Not necessarily. I was just scoping uh, the question. The question. Um, I, I guess it's it's hard like for me. So uh, I didn't mention it, but I one of the things that sort of you know really confirmed that I really wanted to to be in the space is, is when I uh, joined in January, the Azuki community. So I was part of the minters and I saw the the potential for to have a very strong community and a lot of traction and then delivering quality work. And that's when, you know, it, it sort of confirmed to me that, you know, there was a lot of very uh, cool things that could be done. And the quality benchmark could be higher than what I had seen in space. So I, I guess that for sure, uh, I'd, I'd love to to do something with them at some point, but they're not. It's not necessarily their vibe, and maybe it's not all. Uh, it's not even a, a good fit. But they they had a, quite a bit of an influence on myself and the way we're sort of approaching things. Um, but if not, I, I guess that um, another uh, story-driven, lore-driven project. Uh, that we really love, uh, myself and Carlos, our lead artist, uh, is Isekai. Um, so I'd probably love to team up uh, with them um, to build some some cross, uh, some merge lore or some sub-stories. I'd probably go with them. I think that like, the quality of the work that they're doing is, is, is great. Um, the affiliation with animated animation studio it's also pretty cool and the uh, visual style fits pretty well together uh so I'll, go, I'll go with that i love it i love it well hopefully um they hear this and uh it starts a conversation uh we'll use it to tweet it at him or something um speaking of tweets uh, i want to give you a chance to shout out anything um that you want to shout out twitter handles your discord project website whatever you want to kind of throw out there yeah. Um, so for anything, anyone interested in joining or learning more about the project, uh, childrenofukio.com is uh, where you can learn a bit more about the high level. You, there's also a interactive 3D scene where you can uh, learn more about the lore uh, by impersonating one of the three main characters from our story. Uh, so you can check that out. Um, Official Twitter account is where you'll see most of the big announcement. Our Discord, Discord, Children of Ukio. Um, I guess everything pretty standard. Uh, yeah, uh, not, nothing specific over there. Uh, right now, we're heading toward uh, our final art reveal. So we we have a bit more than a thousand NFT that were not revealed during the first reveal. They were part of the community vault, uh, and we decided to. Uh, shift that and sort of uh, give give back most of it to the community in a few different ways. So right now it's a very good time to join because there's a bunch of ways to get uh, extra NFT to be a part of this reveal event that will happen in a few weeks. And uh, this is also sort of the end of our phase one 
uh, and then we'll move on to our to phase two of the project where there's going to be a lot more IP applications and benefits for older. So it's uh, come come and chat with us. I'm always there, accessible as well. Uh, the whole team is there to answer questions. And spelling Ukio is U K I Y O. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And do you have your own personal Twitter or no? I, I do have uh, my own personal Twitter if people want to follow me. I'm trying to uh, step up my game a little bit uh, in terms of uh, <laughs> shit posting and uh, just a general <laughs> update. Uh, I was pretty quiet, but I, I sort of I, I try to be a bit more uh, involved in the space, connect a little bit more on a personal level. So my personal Twitter account is pretty straightforward, nothing fancy. Say, oh, it's uh, Alexander Vanier. So it's basically my name. So uh, my, I'm as ducks as can be uh, if you look a little bit around. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll uh, I'll leave you to that. Cool, cool. Well, uh, one last question, more of a philosophical question what does the world need more of to be a better place um i i'll go with generosity or kindness which are probably the things that folks need the most like that's that's basically my sort of my core um is uh when i need to sort of recenter myself uh, i i have this uh sort of mantra i don't know if it's the right word but it's a uh, to sort of try and enable generosity at scale so every, in everything that i do even if it's not fully related uh, i try to give back as much as possible uh, and so far in life it's been working well I've, i'm doing that right now at small scale but i i, I feel that if everybody would focus on you know giving back as much as they they get then rather than keeping it for themselves it would surely fix the space but probably fix a lot of more things in the world don't know if it's a good answer yeah but that's the one i have. no i think it's a great answer it's a great answer because you know i think about all the money that's been ex extracted in the web3 space over the last 18 months and how much it's gone to like a very very small amount of people and if they would just have that mindset, how much further this community would probably be today uh, with that with that mantra in mind. So, uh, Alex, I really appreciate your time today uh, talking on the, the the podcast. We I think we got to learn about a, a great person and a great uh, brand, great company uh, in Children of Ukiyo. So if you haven't checked them out, you should. I own one NFT from your collection. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for another one that suits my personality. But, uh, you know, I think the artwork is great. It sounds like you guys have an amazing team and amazing support group behind you. So uh, if, if people are listening and you want to um, add to your collection to a company that has a multi-year vision in mind instead of a multi-month vision in mind you should definitely check them out um appreciate your time today and uh look forward to having everyone here this episode thanks a lot thanks for having me Cho. and uh looking forward to connect uh, afterwards as well
trade my dollars team in NFT. Watch out for the farms.